Emma here with Truthful Youth, the podcast, where I speak about everything that concerns teenagers. If you'd like more insights, please follow my Instagram, Truthful Youth Podcast, and if you like what you hear, remember to subscribe. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode here on Truthful Youth. Today, I have another guest, and she can introduce herself. Uh, hello, everyone. Thank you so much for uh, having me, uh, Eva. My name is uh, Isabel Rines, and I'm the co-founder of Equality Check, which is a platform for anonymous reviews about how employees experience their workplace. And our overarching goal is to uh, create and accelerate an equal future where uh, the workplace is perceived as inclusive for everyone, regardless of their background. Yes. And what exactly made you choose this direction? Well, uh, <laughs> I feel like I've had a, a, a long life uh, behind me and uh, some things are, I guess, uh, just by chance uh, and opportunities that you kind of just pounce on. Uh, but I've always been passionate about equality and diversity uh, ever since I was a young girl. I remember being quite aware uh, on how young girls and young boys are often uh, spoken to and encouraged uh, differently. Uh, girls are often, uh, you know, praised for being good and kind and nice and warm and pretty and cute. Uh, whilst, uh, you know, my, uh, my male counterparts when I was younger, they were brave and uh, they were loud and they were ambitious and, uh, uh, they were cool and they were smart and, and they were kind of the um, compliments uh, directed towards them were uh, more personality and skill oriented as opposed to uh, girls. Uh, and I, I noticed, I mean, th that's just kind of one thing that I noticed when I was younger, but these tendencies kind of followed me throughout uh, my education and my career. And uh, as I evolved uh, as a person, I, I noticed how, you know, even, I mean, I was a, a young girl, or I guess you could call me young, I was in my 20s studying technology, realizing that in very many different aspects and areas, I was quite often the only woman uh, there. And uh, I wasn't necessarily treated equally uh, in these uh, settings where uh, I realized that because I was the odd one out, I was often undermined uh, and uh, stereotyped, which... Uh, you know, I didn't like. And uh, when I moved back to Norway, I was very aware of the fact that technology is uh, one of the most important drivers of the future. It's going to change everything about our lives in terms of how we communicate, how we live, how we work. I mean, especially it's evident uh, post-pandemic uh, year. And uh, that led me to start Tink, which is another initiative that I've started, which uh, is basically there to inspire young girls and women to lean in and learn about technology and shape the future with their own hands. So that's basically, you know, it's like a 10-year uh, adventure or story that I have uh, in three minutes. Yes. And um, you mentioned Tink. Uh, I actually participated in Tank Tech Camp in 2019, where you send the message that more girls should uh, should do tech. And I wonder, why do you think there's a lack of girls in the tech industry? Well, I think part, I mean, it's, it's obviously um, a 
kind of a complicated issue and there's no one reason. There's a paramount of different things working uh, against uh, the fact that there are not that many uh, girls in technology. It's important to highlight the fact that technology was not always male dominated up until you know the 1980s uh, women were actually uh, dominating this industry but uh, in the 1980s uh, the, uh, the the home computer started being marketing and it was at that time marketed heavily towards young boys who got their computers in their own bedrooms and as a result the computers lived in their bedrooms and they became very good at computing and then later when they came to college men had an advantage over women uh, in the classroom and unfortunately we see a very steep decline of women in technology after this period so i think it went from about 40% women to 17% women in a very short time period so um that's that's part of it but we do see some of that still working in society today in which the stereotype surrounding a, a typical it nerd or a technologist is very much portrayed as a young male um and uh, the way that it the industry is portrayed in the media uh in all kinds of film in books uh, it's very often associated with men and uh that makes the industry feel less inclusive maybe less attractive for young girls so part of my uh, kind of big uh, mission is to show young girls how incredibly exciting uh this this uh, industry is and how and what a tremendous amount of opportunity it also bears so um and and doing that by showing you know the amazing role models that are within technology because we do have a lot of groundbreaking women in this field but that are unfortunately not given the same uh, attention uh, or um you know space as men are so I don't believe that technology is not a field for girls not at all completely the opposite but it does depend on us in order to show off how incredible this industry is all the opportunities that lie within it and also showing all of the amazing pioneers and all of the amazing women that are uh, truly shaping our future with technology in order to inspire the the generation coming after them Yes absolutely and Why is it so important to include girls in this industry? Well, as mentioned previously, I mean technology is truly going to be a fundamental driver of the future. It's going to affect uh, a lot of different aspects of our lives, uh, and technology is also becoming more and more invisible, and we do know that when technology is developed by a very homogeneous group, meaning a group that has you know very many people who think and act and kind of have similar backgrounds they tend to miss out on very important perspectives and of course the technology that they're creating is actually technology for an entire world a world that does not necessarily share their values their perspectives or their needs so if we want to have inclusive solutions and an inclusive future we need to make sure that everyone is taking part in creating that future and there are tons of examples from the technology industry in which you know products have literally just failed to uh, to deliver on the needs of their users so let's take a, a random example so um study from MIT proves that one of the most um, commonly used data sets to train facial recognition algorithms consists of 
uh, 75% men, 80% white people, and is 99% um, has 99% accuracy in identifying a white male, whilst it only is 65% accurate when identifying a dark woman. Uh, which means that, you know, companies like, for example, Google, uh, who use artificial intelligence to categorize different objects in their app Google Photos, in 2017, they actually categorized a dark person as a gorilla, which is incredibly, incredibly demeaning, and it's, you know, not acceptable at all. Um, but then, you know, there are a lot of different, and I and I urge everyone to read about all the different examples coming from the technology industry uh, in which their products reflect that they do not uh, represent all the different perspectives out there. But in a world which is increasingly global and technological um, and relying on a lot of historical bias data, diversity is truly essential and fundamental to avoid reinforcing our biases and wrong decision-making overall. So, that the technology that we are going to see in the future is actually technology that we're not going to see because it's going to be invisible. It's going to be consisting of algorithms that make decisions on our behalf based on what it previously has learned as smart. But we do know that history has favored a group of people over, uh, you know, uh, many of us. Uh, and, and that's going to reflect itself in everything from who gets hired, who gets a loan, uh, who gets put into jail? Who does a self-driving car choose to, to uh, you know, in a cat catastrophe uh, or in a very tragic accident kill? I mean, there are so many scenarios of the future that we really need to think about now and make an active decision on how to ensure is inclusive and not favoring people uh, over other people uh, based on their unique identity. So that's why it's important to have diversity in technology. Yeah, that, <laughs> that were quite many reasons. And I wonder, what would you say to a girl who thinks technology is interesting, but is scared to get into the industry? Well, I would say, first of all, based on the data that we have on Equality Check, where you can kind of see how people in different industries perceive their workplaces, we do see that the IT industry is actually overall performing really well. People are, even even though it's male-dominated, people are experiencing the culture as inclusive. They have good work-life balance. Um, they feel a sense of purpose. Management tends to be good. So first of all, don't be scared of the industry because the industry is, at least in Norway, uh, seeming to be uh, very good. The other thing is, I mean, definitely don't be scared of technology for I don't, because you think it's hard. I mean, there's so many industries that are hard and female-dominated, and there's no reason for women to not be powerful drivers in the technology industry as just as they are in medicine or in law or even, you know, in, increasingly so in business. So um, there's no reason to be scared. It's the most exciting industry. You can truly do whatever you want. You'll see technology necessary in everything from media to medicine, to farming, to um, teaching. I mean, there's, it's, there's literally not a single industry out there that will not demand uh, technologists and developers in the future. So do not be afraid. Just go in there and go for it and uh, help create a better world. Yes, absolutely. And I also wonder, what do you do when 
like, what are your strategies when you are trying to reach an audience? Because I know that a lot of what you do is trying to uh, spread your message and affecting people. And yes, you reaching people is a huge part of what you do. So actually, I, I would have loved to say that, oh, I have this tremendous strategy. But the truth is that it's always just been me on social media or on Medium. Um, I've never really had any professional help. I've gotten advice, but I find that the most effective thing is to be exactly that. Just be myself, uh, be honest, um, and be kind of a whole person not to just show off one aspect of my life. But of course, I mean, you know, everything is, uh, is dependent on how, how, you know, open you want to be about your private life and your professional life. So it's, it's gotta be different for everyone. But for me, a quite open person, I felt that in order to really connect with my audience on a genuine level, I need to be genuine with them myself. Um, so I'm active in most channels, especially maybe Instagram but the most important thing for me is that I'm true to who I am and that I never do anything that I feel could question my integrity. And I'm always positive. I think that's that's a part of my personality from from before. But I try to also bring that, pers- uh, the, that, that positivity to social media because I think we need that in our lives. Uh, we need to see the good sides of everything. And there's always something to be grateful for. And I find that the more gratefulness you spread, the more it also generates. And the more grateful we are, the happier we are. So that's kind of, I guess, uh, a strategy without being a written strategy. <laughs> yes. And I also wonder, what are your plans for the future? My plans for the future is to hopefully bring equality check to a global audience. We just hired our first country manager in the UK and uh, I'm hoping to see equality check being adapted by different societies all over the world. Uh, I want it to be uh, not only a catalyzer for better workplaces everywhere, but I want to, I want it to itself become a great workplace. We're now 10 employees in Norway and we're growing. And I want it to be a place where, you know, our amazing team members can grow and, uh, you know, pursue their interests and develop themselves and really feel like they're making a difference by, by spending their lives working, working, uh, on equality checks. So my, I mean, of course I have tons of goals for the future, but my, number one focus is making equality check work because I truly believe that our, that our approach with uh, being evidence-based using data insights and really doubling down on creating transparency in the world is going to be, or hopefully will be a powerful force in creating a more inclusive future. And especially then in the workplace. Yes. Is there anything you want to add uh, no, other than that, uh, I think it's awesome that you have this uh, podcast, uh, Ebba, and I wish you uh, the best of luck. And thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate uh, the time with you. Thank you for participating. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed and learned something. If you did, I would be so happy if you subscribed and rated. If you'd like more insight, follow me on Instagram on Truthful Youth Podcast. See you in the next episode.